Stuff Podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Wright and welcome to The Long Read from Stuff. This week's episode is called The Race With No End. It's written by Stuff senior writer Mike White, who joins me now. Hey, Mike. G'day, Michael. How are you? I'm good now that I'm not reading about this race anymore because it sounds horrific. Uh, What is The Race With No End? Tell us. Okay, so these are these things called backyard ultras, and they're kind of a a modern-day invention of the oldest sport around, which is running. And in the last few years, they've become really popular around the world. So the basic idea is that competitors run a 6.7-kilometer loop each hour. So if you run that loop in 40 minutes, you've got 20 minutes recovery before you have to start again on the next lap. But if you take it more slowly and gently and take, say, 55 minutes, then you've only got five minutes to rest before the next lap. So it's very tactical. But the one rule is you've got to start the next lap on the next hour. And it keeps going until there's just one person left, the last person standing, literally. And you've got to do one more lap than anyone else. So you get these insane dogged duels by runners who are out on their feet, essentially trying to keep going, hoping that their competitor cracks before they do. It's really cruel. There's only one winner. Everyone else, no matter how far they've gone, uh, if they're not the winner, the last person standing, they get recorded as DNF, did not finish. That was the worst part or the most brutal part of all the brutal parts in this. DNF, like everyone's disqualified. You ran... Yeah. 27 hours, 200, yeah, sorry. No, invalid. It's kind of, yeah. it's brilliant in its brutality, how simple it all is. Just run. Last one wins, the end. Absolutely. How did you find out about this? So I, I was down south covering another amazing race called the Revenant, a 60-hour race, and um, one of the competitors in that race, a guy, Sean Collins from Auckland, Um, he was organising the New Zealand version of this Backyard Ultra. He'd done it for a couple of years. And I thought, I've got to have a bit of this. This is just, you know, kind of bizarre, as you say. And, And I guess there is, there was something slightly ghoulish about it, wanting to sit on the sidelines and watch people run until they drop, to kind of be this observer of people pushing themselves to the absolute physical limit, literally, till they could not stand anymore. So I went up to Auckland and covered the race last year, um, which turned out to be dramatic, emotional, and um, physically quite quite an amazing event. Yeah, let's talk about that because we are recording this story in October 2022. This is an old story. It's last year's race, the 2021 race that you covered, which has a grandstand finish. And as we speak, the 2022 race has just been completed. So there is an update of sorts to the story. Yeah, there is. It's a really good update. Um, it's. Um, I'd really encourage people to listen right to the end of the episode because they'll end up with a huge smile on their face, I think, because the latest iteration of this uh, was just held in the last weekend and it was a remarkable race here in New Zealand and around the world. It was also remarkable. It's uh, just redefining the limits of human ability and both physically and mentally. Indeed. So one of the characters in this story, I won't say who, features in this 2022 update. So 
Let's get into it. There's no spoilers now. Just listen all the way through. I'll tell you about this at the end. So for once in your life, listen to the credits. Here, with a bit of swearing, is Susan Edmonds reading Mike's story, The Race With No End. Sam Harvey wanted to see his girlfriend in America so badly. See her, hold her, marry her. He'd met Anna Berman while coaching rugby in Tennessee, but it had often been a long-distance relationship. Him in New Zealand, her in Nashville. And then COVID came and the gap grew even greater. But just before Christmas, Harvey flew to the States and proposed to Anna, before returning home, going through quarantine, and wondering when he might see his fiancée again. And then he learnt about this crazy endurance running race near Auckland, where the winner got a golden ticket to go to Tennessee and run a similar race there. All you had to do was run and run and run. Just keep on running until you were the last person on their feet. The only person still able to run. A week before the race, the Riverhead Backyard Relapse Ultra, Harvey signed up, determined to get the golden ticket and get back to Tennessee to see Anna. So at noon on a Friday in April 2021, this virtual unknown in New Zealand's ultra-distance running community lined up at Riverhead Forest, northwest of Auckland, with 72 others and started running. The competitors had to complete a 6.7-kilometre lap along clay trails and gravel roads each hour, and then line up again the next hour on the hour to do it again, and then again, and then again. Soon they began to fall by the way, physically exhausted, mentally undone, each lap a step too far for someone. And after 30 hours and 200 kilometres, just two remained. The novice Harvey and one of New Zealand's great ultra-distance runners, Dunedin's Chris Bisley. Bisley, 41, was running for redemption. At last year's event, he'd been a favourite, but got things wrong, blew up and quit after 23 hours. Harvey was running to see Anna. A few hours later, as the pair prepared to line up for yet another lap, the course commentator said he sensed one runner had one foot on the podium, one hand on the golden ticket. The other had a foot on a banana skin and would eventually fall and fail like everyone else and be officially recorded as a DNF. Did not finish. Harvey hauled himself to his feet and looked at his support crew. That's not going to be me, motherfuckers, he told them, and headed back to the start line and back into the night. They'd set off in sunshine with hoopla and horns blowing and whoops from supporters as the field funnelled into the forest for the first time, a spectator's cry echoing after them, poor bastards. And for the first few laps there'd been chat among the group, as they jogged through pine forests where toadstools sprang and along logging roads edged by toitoi. When the talk dried up they could hear the last of the summer's crickets over the monotony of muddy footfall. But night comes early in April, and by 6pm on the first day, runners had donned headlamps to cut through the dark. The night in April is long too. It was 12 hours before dawn took over and lit their way. By then, more than 50 runners had dropped out, exhausted by the muddy trails that sucked at every step, finished off by heavy rain that started around 2am and soaked them through. Auckland's Keith Burrows was led back to his tent, having missed the cut-off to finish his 19th lap. His support crew zipped him into a sleeping bag and left him to sleep. I'm sorry I let you down, he called out as they walked away. The pressure he'd put on himself augmented by the expectation he imagined from those around him. Some finished almost smiling, 
That was horrible, but I loved it, said Luke Godsell as he hobbled to a halt after 120 kilometres. Others were simply shattered, having discovered where their limit lay. Victims of athletic blood sport. And when Kanter Efting pulled out after 24 hours and 160 kilometres on fast deteriorating trails, he summed up what every finisher felt. I've had enough, he said. And that's where everyone gets to at some stage. It can be physical or it can be mental, but at some point you reach your limit. Eventually there's only one person who hasn't said or won't let themselves say, I've had enough. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, I what, think Chris? That it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, well, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. The last person standing concept has roots in things like the dance marathons popularised during the Great Depression, where couples stayed and swayed on their feet for days to win prizes. The distance running version has gained popularity in recent years due to the most famous event of its kind, Big's Backyard in Tennessee, created by bearded running guru Lazarus Lake. It's named after one of Lake's dogs, Big, and each year Lake offers national winners from around the world a golden ticket entry. The other event Lake organises is the even more notorious Barclay Marathons, a race so tough only 15 people have finished it in 35 years. Since starting ultra running just two years ago, Sam Harvey had become obsessed with the race and dreamed of one day lining up at the Barclay Marathons. So when he visited Anna in December 2021, they went to the Frozen Head State Park where the race is held. That was where Harvey got down on one knee and proposed. Then he took two pebbles from the Barclay Trail and brought them home, a talisman of that special moment and place. From Frozen Head to Riverhead, the stones were in Harvey's pocket as he kept going out, hour after hour at relapse, bare-chested and full of belief he could win the race and get to see Anna again in Tennessee. And when defending champion and favourite Adam Keane and top woman Fiona Havis pulled out after 25 hours, 168 kilometres, and Aucklander Matt Bailey didn't make the cut-off after 30 hours, 201 kilometres, it left just Harvey and Chris Bisley going stride for stride, hour after hour. For seven laps they tried to break each other on a trail where the mud had turned slick and treacherous under a cold sickle moon. Oh, the mud. If you weren't sliding backwards on it during the climbs, it was threatening to send you ass over kite on the downhills. The only respite was the few minutes between laps, the average time for a loop was just over 50 minutes, that runners had to rest, eat something, get a quick massage, lance blisters and change shirts and socks and shoes. Bisley snacked on cold chips and wraps and sandwiches. Harvey was fed a concoction of banana, peanut butter and chocolate buttons, picked at blueberries and downed coke, coffee and a few beers. Every now and then he'd pull out his phone and look at a photo of Anna. Neither Bisley or Harvey looked like cracking. They barely exchanged glances and neither spoke as they circled the forest shoulder to shoulder. But that's part of the mind games. Don't show any weakness, don't flinch, don't be the first to blink. When someone remarked to Bisley that he was going well, he simply shrugged and replied, it's just running. But of course it wasn't. As Adam Keane noted, this type of event was redefining human endurance. 
We don't know where the limits are in running, he said, and this is where that's being figured out. Chris Bisley's wife, Nikki, accepted people might think the competitors were mad, even though she thought there was some truth in that. You take an ultra, she said, which is bad enough, and then turn it into last man standing to make it worse. But she said her husband thrived on such extremes. I think he likes to see what he can make himself do. And yeah, he likes to suffer. I think also secretly, he likes to see other people suffer too, and see who can suffer longer and who can suffer more. Just before 1am on Sunday, Chris Bisley finished his 37th lap and strode to his tent for brief rest. A minute later, Harvey's headlamp came into view, but onlookers immediately noticed something was wrong. His methodical style had become an erratic gait. After 37 hours and nearly 250 kilometres of running, one of his legs was finally giving way. As he limped through the finishing chute, Harvey told his support crew he was done. For several kilometres, he'd been hallucinating due to lack of sleep. He saw baby Yoda among the forest ferns, and an alligator. He'd struggled to keep his head up, and then his leg had blown out. As the whistle blew, warning the runners they had one minute till the start of the next lap, Harvey hobbled into the starting corral, fist bumped Bisley, wished him well, then told him he was out. Bisley, who'd begun to struggle and thought he only had one or two more laps left in him, was shocked, and as he began his final loop, the winner has to run one more lap than anyone else. He let out a holler of relief. Forty-five minutes later, adrenaline and caffeine pills still carrying him, Bisley emerged from the bush yelling, I'm home, and then with fists pumping, crossed the line into the arms of Nicky and well-wishers. There was blood seeping through the mud caked on his legs, a fuck yeah on his lips, and soon a golden ticket to Tennessee in his hands. He'd run further and longer than he'd ever done before, and despite the pain, relished knowing what he was capable of. Harvey, meanwhile, was struggling to stay awake and struggling to cope with quitting. Ah, motherfucker, he said, collapsing into a chair. Well done, Samuel, his mother Marin joked. We'll still love you, even though you got second. Yeah, I suck, Harvey replied. He thought of how deep he'd gone, how close he'd come to winning the golden ticket and seeing Anna. Almost got there, he said. In the days that followed, Harvey kicked himself for stopping, for not pushing Bisley till he broke first. I was lame, he said, but there's a difference between being lame and stopping and being lame and carrying on until you're completely naffed. I could have definitely carried on and I should have gone till I physically couldn't complete a lap in time, but I was just mentally weak for a moment. Harvey had run with motivational speeches and punk rock in his earphones, He'd run in shoes he borrowed from his father when his own fell apart during the race. He'd run nearly 100 kilometres further than he'd ever done before. But most of all, he'd run to see Anna and get married. The lost chance stung, and all he could think about was the day he'd finally be able to settle with her and his old dog, Brick. I don't know when it will happen, Harvey said quietly, an edge of exhaustion still in his voice. Eventually just got to keep waiting. That was The Race With No End on the long read from Stuff, 
written by Mike White, read by Susan Edmonds, edited by Connor Scott, and produced by me, Michael Wright. This episode was recorded just after the 2022 instalment of the Backyard World Championships. And, as it happened, last year's runner-up, Sam Harvey, won and got his golden ticket to Tennessee. Things aren't quite as urgent, though. His girlfriend, Anna, is in New Zealand. Brick the dog is still with them, but Sam will get to race in the individual world championships in Tennessee in October 2023. All we can say is good luck. If you listen to this story on the Stuff website, you can hear it and more like it on the Long Read podcast, which is available on all the usual podcast apps. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps other listeners find us. Thanks for listening. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support.